Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of Westminster Effects. You can check us out by your guitar pedals at westminstereffects.com, and you can join in the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook in person. I'm joined by... This is Bradley Cox, Pastor Rez Greer currently sipping a fantastic cup of coffee and and i am doing the same so thanks for doing that why use many word when few word do trick yeah there you go (laughs) and uh (laughs) we are joined via the interwebs by everybody john ross here westminster effects artist augsburgian christian uh i was the and it's your turn to be the train wreck today yeah well um i was trying to think of uh of a way to phrase uh, i was actually uh uh, a worship leader, worship leader this past Sunday. So that was uh, that was oh, a, a neat. That was a different sort of break. Um, so that was enjoyable. Hey, um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a last minute thing and tossed in a uh, a few songs that I had always kind of excluded uh, myself on because I was like, I, I I mean, there's just I can't do those. I can't hit that range. Like every beat by North Point, um, the uh, verses are very low. The choruses are very high. And uh, I've always I've always just ruled it out because like oh, I can't I, you know, I can't do it but I did it and it was super fun because it's a song I've always wanted to uh, wanted to do well anyways uh, personally fulfilled uh, from Lincoln Nebraska <laughs> personally fulfilled uh, yeah I mean so uh, since you're talking about what happened in church this week we haven't really done one of those segments in a while yeah no uh, so so why not just real quick um, one this was my second week and I'm gonna make a video about this as well uh, and I'm wearing them right now I'm using my new waves custom uh, okay. in-ear monitors I was wondering um, if you'd got those in yeah there. so this is a, a company here in Greenville Oh, and no instead way. of Seriously. yeah, instead of getting custom molds like injected into your ears and stuff, they have an iPhone 10 app and you scan it around your face, and it and it, and they they 3D print these things. How about that? Right here in Greenville. So uh, yeah, so I'm going to be doing a will it P dubs about it. I obviously can't show you the audio quality, but they sound fantastic. I've used it on guitar and bass. Now I've used them while mowing the lawn, <laughs> and they're very isolating. Great. And uh, dual drivers for custom molds. You're talking about hundred and twenty dollars. Now you went so, for you know you went from the KZZSDs right that that was your I kind did, of bread and, and I butter. had the quads the you quad the quads, drivers so that was the K, the ZS4s or something then something like that yeah, I'm, they were I'm on, on Amazon and I got them yeah I'm on the ZS10s which is like the five driver um, yeah but so yeah. And, and I I would say I like these better uh, they also they also come with a Bluetooth adapter. So you can you can have them you know connected to your phone or what have you and oh sweet not worry about a wire which was kind of awesome for mowing the yard right um, but since we're talking about church this week we were we were actually talking before uh, Bradley you kind of got wrecked <laughs> this I week did, you couldn't make it through the uh, the scripture reading in First Peter one without choking up a little bit which was I mean I'm not holding that against you by any means. <laughs> <laughs> so it, was, it was a really good sur- Sunday this week. It's one of my favorite texts in all of the Bible is First Peter chapter one verses three to nine, and that's what uh, we taught <clears throat> this Sunday. And you know, right before I was to come up, you guys were doing Blessed Assurance, and mm-hmm. um, 
I was just, you know, thinking about, you know, it was getting, it was kind of in the middle of the song. I was thinking about getting up there and teaching this passage. And, and I was like, you know, that passage is our story, you know, right. It is our song. And I, I just really wanted to, to emphasize to the church that when the music stops and I come up, we're not, we're not ending the time of worship. We're, and yep. I've talked about this, I think on the podcast before is that we're just, we're continuing to worship. We're just worshiping in the study of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am, yes, teaching and, and by faith leaning into the gift of teaching, the spiritual gift of teaching, but I'm very much in the mindset of a worship leader when I teach and, you know, to, to read that text after singing, this is my story. This is my song. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that just, man, that just hit me so deep and so good that I could not read the text. Um, without getting choked up and so um yeah it 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 was good i i I told the church when i got up there i said uh you know we we had just come to the end of that you know big climax of that song and uh singing that and it was just a really sweet moment of worship and i came Mm -hmm. up and i just said good morning and I said, this is the time when I'm supposed to pray and the band goes down and I welcome everybody in person and online. And, and I said, um, and I'm going to do that. But when I'm finished, we're going to sing that chorus again. And then I'm going to read the text because I don't want you to feel like, well, okay, we've ended worship and now we're yep. going to get some information. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's just a really, I don't know, it was spontaneous and. I think spirit led. Um, Absolutely. You know, I I think that's one thing. I've probably mentioned this before is that, um, you know, the, the teaching of, of what worship is and, 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 uh, and what I've gleaned from my, my study of it. Um, there, there's so many, uh, so many groups that just consider worship to be synonymous with the time of song. And and that's exactly what you were alluding to. You know, it's the, uh, that worship is the the praise section, right? The the ascribing worth, honor, glory, so on and so forth to uh, to God. Um, but there's there's a, uh, I mean, and that that's like a a, a bottom up sort of view of worship. But there's very much a top down component uh, as well. That that when we gather, we receive from God mm-hmm. his gifts mm-hmm. and it's because and his gifts of 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 his word um and it's because of those gifts that that we are uh, equipped uh, lyrically mm-hmm. mentally oh, yeah. spiritually uh to return that that praise and thanksgiving so regardless of whether or not there's there's a a musical uh, tidbit behind it is is really inconsequential mm-hmm. um and uh, that uh, you know th- that's a that's a fantastic way to uh, to frame a worship service, and and, and I really feel that um, there's a certain amount of health uh, that can that can come out of that and work its way into a congregation when you realize that hey, it's not just us coming here singing songs and listen to uh, preacher preach for a little bit. I mean this this is a 
Uh, I mean, there's a reason it's called a worship service, right? Right. Um, oh, yeah. We're, we're, yes, you know, we're, you know, we're serving God, but God is also, I mean, serving us. Uh, Christ, the servant to all, uh, bringing us himself through his word. Uh, and uh, uh, forgive me, I'm going to butcher this. The word of God for the people of God to the glory of God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, God darn, I adore that. Like, I think yeah. that's, that's if, if you put that tagline on like, like the back bottom of every copy of Holy Scripture ever written, uh, I, I think that even that would have a positive impact. That mindset is so powerful. You know, <clears throat> we make our plan, we plan our services, you know, um, you know, and I think, I think Res is probably not as thorough as some churches might be, as maybe even Christ Lincoln is in terms of our planning and preparation. Um, <clears throat> Res does have a an organic feel to it, but we do plan. I mean, we mm-hmm. we organize the service and we talk through it, and and we talk through transitions and we plan those transitions. Um, but you know, sometimes I think you you we've been talking about this for years and years is that we we want to try to help people get out of a rhythm of just going through motions. You know, yep. is that we we come in and and there's a pattern, there's a mm-hmm. a liturgy to our service where we do this and then we do that and then we go to this and then we say have a great week and we send them out um but i think sometimes you just you maybe i don't know for res i want us to be able to be sensitive in the moment to what is the lord doing in this service if we if we are experiencing god and engaging with god i forget how exactly you said it um, John just a minute ago, but that, you know, God is among us and working and, and present and we're sensing him is, is to, to look for those moments. And I don't think they're ever, they're going to come every week necessarily. I don't think we should man certainly should never manufacture those things, but when those Absolutely. moments are there and you sense them and you see them that you can just sort of help people, you know, get out of a mindless rhythm and to man, God's doing something here. Um, and to read that text and, and read Peter's words that in this you rejoice with joy that's inexpressible and full of glory. And I told the church on Sunday, I said, when I was studying and preparing this past week, my thought was when I read that, if my joy and my salvation is anything less than that, then my, my heart's cry is, God, do whatever you've got to do in me, in my mind, in my heart, to get me to that. Right. If, if that's that's what Peter bleeds when you prick him. I, I want to be that. I want to be that way. And and I think worshiping in the word, worshiping in song, worshiping in prayer, worshiping in fellowship, it, it's got to be our mindset. Um, if, if we're going to have that kind of joy. So I think it was a, it, I think it was a cool Sunday at Res. It was a good it was a good moment. Oh yeah. The Lord was kind. Yeah. So yeah, so again, Facebook.com slash resfaith if you wanna go uh, if you wanna go hear that and and partake uh, remotely and after the fact. <laughs> It'll be over a week after the fact <laughs> at this point. Uh, so make sure you go listen to that. Uh, on to our main topic. A friend and listener of the show, uh, who will remain nameless, or we can call him Bob, 
let's call him Bob. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've been talking for several months off and on of, you know, I got this issue in my church, this issue in my church, and he's kind of gotten to the point of, I, th- I think it's probably time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, wh- when do you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then when when you know. How do you do it? Uh, bo- both of those are, I think, probably equally important. Uh, and, and you can probably have uh, different answers to different situations with both of those, right? Sure. Um, so uh, the situation in his church is it's a, it's a mainline denomination. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that particular theologically liberal denomination is... Uh, in the process of really delving headlong into into uh, what you could call the spirit of the age mm-hmm. <laughs> of mm-hmm. of embracing uh, the LGBT uh, uh, not not just welcoming because we're not going to turn away someone here at res or you wouldn't at Christ Lincoln but <laughs> while they would be welcome to attend uh, we would also be like, bro, you need to repent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where they are taking the the stance of no, it's you're good, you're good how you are, yeah. Uh, yeah. among other things. And and I think this is kind of the last the last straw for for Bob <laughs> and his family. Poor Bob. Uh, so um, so what are some good reasons to leave a church, and maybe what are some bad or terrible or just stupid <laughs> reasons to leave a church because I'm sure we've seen all of those, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it, I, I think, uh, um, oh, go, go ahead, Bradley. Oh, John froze up. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You we just, we again. just lost, lost you for a good chunk. I like after I, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, John. No, no, it's, it's, it's good. Go ahead, Bradley. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously there, there, there are just so many different circumstances under which right. it would be right for someone to leave a church. You know, right. if, if we just were to <clears throat> take this case, case study here, case in point, um, you know, if, if a church has wandered into what is heretical and unbiblical, mm-hmm. That's a that's a good and right reason to leave a church, mm-hmm. um, and with, with no intention of correcting that, right? Because there, there's a huge difference between like if you get up in the pulpit one Sunday and and flub a sentence and accidentally say something heretical, right? <laughs> there, there's a huge difference between that right. and and first tier. This is what we're going for. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it, there's a difference, I think, between <clears throat> obviously if, if, if a church like I, I can I can get my head around somebody leaving a church because where that individual or that family is in life, in the journey of faith, um, there's a real need, a, a real discipleship need that their current church either cannot meet or is unwilling to meet. Yeah. Um, and, and they might need to, 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 you know, leave that church and go to another, uh, in order to, you know, like if, for example, um, 
I'm trying to even think of an example. If, if, if there was something going on in my family where we really needed, um, we needed to be surrounded by and in, in community with couples, our, our, in our same stage of life, um, that because what's going on in our marriage or what's going on in our family, we just need, we need that kind of fellowship and interaction. And if that's not present in the current church and the church is either incapable or unwilling to mm-hmm. explore that, then I might need to prayerfully think about, um, going to another church. But prior to that, I would say I would need to have a lot of communication and conversation with the the leadership of the church to try to resolve that and say, look, this is my issue. This is my problem. I need help. And can you help me? Can we work Mm -hmm. together to resolve this? But in this case where you've got a church that I don't think it's a a misapplication to, to mention Romans one here where Paul talks about the, the reprobate mind where you call yep. evil good and good evil. Um, that's a, that's a whole different ball game. And, mm. and the same apostle Paul would say, uh, I think it's in Corinthians um, that there's a, there's a different kind of interaction that we have with unbelievers, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, people talk about Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners, and yes, he did that. Um, there was, there was, you know, interaction and shared meals with people who were not, who were not in faith, were not worshipers of the one true God. Mm-hmm. But yet, at the same time, the Apostle Paul says, when you've got unrepentant sinners, people calling themselves Christians, that are calling evil good and good evil, Paul says you disassociate with them. Right now, and so I think there's a there's a need at that point to to leave a church when uh, a denomination is embracing something like LGBTQ sure. and all that. Yeah. Now, obviously, on on the other side of if a if a church is simply trending in a theological direction that you just can't get on board with, uh, like for example, as Bradley, you've you've gotten more bold and I would say even more blunt <laughs> with the doctrines of grace. Uh, there have been some people who couldn't stomach that. Oh yeah. And, uh, and we have lost some people. We've also gained some people because of it. Yeah. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I know that there were some who, who really, really wrestled and just couldn't get on board with it. And, and it mm-hmm. was just like, you know what? I got to go. Um, and I'm sure, and not trying to talk junk about anybody, but I'm, I'm sure there were a couple who really just kind of left the wrong way. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I've had people that have come and had conversations with me. Um, You know, I had somebody years ago left the church because uh, they they heard me say something in in a sermon that led them to believe that I wasn't I think. You know, this was years ago. I wasn't sure that the, there was going to be a pre-trib rapture. Oh, okay. So I made a statement about that. I'm I'm a lot more confident in that now. Yeah. Than I was back then. But they they just could, simply couldn't handle that. Right. Hmm. And and there was no discussion. There was no willingness to sit down. Okay, let's look at some scriptures because at that point, I was willing to say, look, I don't know. Right. I, I don't. I'm not sure about this. I just see things in in scripture that 
lead me to believe that that may not be like the the Left Behind series that came out years ago. I'm not sure it's going to go that way. Right. Um, and, and they just simply could not handle that emotionally. That was like, um, you know, it's like I looked at them and said, you're ugly. Uh, they, they just could not handle it. Um, Your theology is ugly, and you should feel bad. Yeah, so I think people, but some people, you know, have heard things in sermons that they don't either agree with or they don't understand or they have serious questions about or it challenges their, you know, I said something on Sunday that um, I was curious if I might get some feedback on it, as I said that, you know, our faith did not initiate our new birth. Right. Um, and, and so many people, they read John chapter one, verses 11 and 12, and they see to as many as received him to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And so we go, okay, I exercised my faith and then God rebirthed me. But you read Mm -hmm. the next verse and it says who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Right. And and so that that ki- that could jostle the soul. And I'm sure you saw pe- some people. Mm, no, I definitely did. I saw fidgeting in their seats on, I, on that. I saw some deer in headlights looks, um, but it's just so plain in the text. I mean, it's right. just so plain. I, I mean, I, and and that really just as an aside, you know what a what a great example for making sure that uh, even. Uh, seemingly uh, innocuous uh, texts. Uh, It's important to grab the entire, not not just the context, but the entire thought. I mean, uh, allow the writer that the Spirit has worked through to finish their their sentence, for Pete's sake. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, that's that's an absolutely good point. you know, I, I've not been uh, involved in a uh, a ministry that that I've really had to had to leave because of theological issues, and I, I, I find that to be uh, a blessing. You know, most of most of what we see, not I mean, not speaking uh, uh, for Christ Lincoln or any of my other previous congregations, but just in general, what what I've seen is. People invest emotionally heavily in a church. You know, there's there's a strong sense of of identity there, and not only like religious spiritual identity, but also like communal identity. And mm-hmm. you know, there's this. There seems to be on occasion this concept of, um, I don't know. Take missions for instance. You know, you've got this this mission opportunity that you're you know really passionate about. And uh, you you lobby and lobby and lobby, and then maybe your church rolls out a brand new missions campaign for the next year, and that mi- mission or ministry is not on there. Um, it is not unheard of for that individual who previously championed that uh, that mission uh, to go elsewhere uh, because mm. they they've invested so heavily in what the church can do for me. Mm. Like what the church is an establishment, what the church is a as a budgetary organization can can do for me and my interests, and uh, and I, I think that mindset is, uh, is is detrimental and can lead us down uh, a pretty dangerous dangerous path because it's not that uh, different from uh, having it be almost like a social like a country club, mm-hmm. right? Where uh, 
you know, oh yeah, the the band's great, and you know, the pastor makes me uh, makes me feel good, and makes me feel bad when I should, and uh, but uh, you know, they said that uh, uh, my son <laughs> we lost you, John. <laughs> <laughs> we lost you after, a- and the pastor makes me feel good. Oh, lovely. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, basement problems. Um, but uh, you know, and the the pastor makes you feel good when he's supposed to. He makes you feel bad when he's when you're supposed to feel bad. But uh, you know, all of a sudden, uh, your your son isn't quote allowed to play in the praise band because he just really isn't that good. Um, and isn't interested in being shepherd, shepherded by, and, and walking with people just shows up and, and, uh, play, you know, uh, attempts to play something doesn't, doesn't do well. And, and then, uh, says, I'm sorry, man, it's just not that time. Um, you know, we've seen entire families. Uh, I mean, the, the situation I personally have in mind was, it was a bit more complex than that, but in general, it involved an individual not being able to play on the praise team for for this, that, or the other reason, and uh, their entire family left the church. I mean, not not just like immediate, like their entire family left the church. Oh man, um, you know that uh, that you know, you know really boils down to I think a sense of entitlement. You know, between both of those those kind of hypothetical examples that I've shared um, is that. You feel entitled uh, to, uh, n- not you specifically, obviously, but there are those that feel entitled within a church and, uh, and will leave when something doesn't go their way. Um, I, think, I think that's uh, what would pop the first of my mind of, of what I would call a bad example on why to, why to leave a church or, or why not to leave a church. Why not even to consider leaving a church mm-hmm. um, because your, your jimmies have been rustled, so to speak. Um, you know, I, uh, I mean, there, there have been, uh, there have been other times in my past with, uh, with members of my family where, uh, there weren't theological issues per se, uh, but there were pastoral issues, um, where the pastor ended up having a strong sense of entitlement, um, mm. I mean, this is this is where the uh, th- this is the sort of congregation where the the this is not Christ Lincoln. I I want, I want to make that clear. Um, this is this is from my youth, but um, this is the type of pastor who would uh, the congregation would gather gifts around Christmas and bless their family. And this is this was a a traditional congregation where the the pastor and his family were were given a uh, a, a parsonage right that was owned by the church. Uh, cared for by the church and uh, and things like that. I mean, it was it was you know very uh, typical American Protestantism, I'd say. And uh, uh, the congregation would come together with almost a card shower every year for the pastor and his family. Um, it became expected, mm. and the pastor viewed that so much as part of his compensation. Uh, that there was uh, belligerency uh, mm-hmm. when it did not happen in the way, and uh, and that that's one example, unfortunately, of of many of of a toxic individual in leadership. And this was a a smaller congregation where that was leadership. 
I mean, sure, there was a board of trustees, there was a board of elders, but I mean, that was leadership. I mean, there was there was no uh, you know financial secretary or or, mm-hmm. or whatever. The, the of course the trustees and board of stewardship and and whatnot would take care of those things, but um, leadership was the pastor, and the pastor was toxic. Mm-hmm. And uh, in in fact, in, in the sense of that, uh, his his attitudes, his thoughts, his feelings, uh, the negative ones, uh, would infect and affect those uh, those around him. Um, however, the messages preached from the pulpit, this content of the services, were glorifying to God. One hundred percent. Yeah, or an accurate exposition uh, I think, of scripture. I think a lot you know? of this kind of speaks to our view of the local church, right? Like just just our basic ecclesiology, where so much of American evangelicalism is, well, I just need to go have my needs met, and yes, you do need to have your needs met, but not necessarily your felt needs. <laughs> yeah, what you think yeah. are your needs might not be your needs. Um, where where the church is i mean it's it's a covenant community and that's where where you know like the covenant or presbyterians deserve a lot of criticism for <laughs> how they conduct themselves in larger society often mm-hmm. but what they get right is their extremely high view of covenant community and and you know they're they're going to have each other's backs they they understand that you know church is a family and they're going to treat it as such mm-hmm. and that, that's definitely something that we where we can learn from them even within our criticisms of of covenanters as yeah, a whole Brad, bradley on this this past week's message you mentioned uh, your your trip to the uh, the mormon tabernacle mm-hmm. right Yep. I mean, there, there is, there, there are, and and you rightfully admitted that there are tenets of it that have value. Um, yeah. You know, that focus on relationship, that focus on um, I must decrease. Uh, so, uh, uh, well, I suppose their take on it was I, I must decrease so others can increase. But um, and then I must, in, then I that I may increase inadvertently. <laughs> Never mind, it's it's messy, but. Um, you know there there is that there is that concept of uh, of servitude of of mission um, that uh, you know a good deal of the Western Church would would do well to to at least take a glance at um, because uh, you know that even that mindset has has the uh, the very real possibility of of uh, cultivating a uh, a healthy culture. Uh, within within the local church and avoiding mm-hmm. situations of toxic leadership, uh, regardless of whether it's from the pastorate or otherwise. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think you know. <clears throat> sadly, we, you know, and we're in the Bible Belt. I don't know how much of this is true in Lincoln, Nebraska, John, but like you know, there we can. I can throw a rock from my church and hit four or five other churches. You know, it, it's, it's, there's just so many sure. options yeah. in terms of church that I think, you know, we've lost uh, a biblical sense of what membership means. I mean, Cody, you use the term covenant community. Yep. Um, you know, my membership in a local church is not like my gym membership or my country club membership where if they don't meet my expectations, I just renounce my membership and take my money elsewhere. Um, and a lot of people treat church that way. I think maybe not that 
that blatant or that malicious, but there there's a sort of a subconscious sense that I come to church and I, I need to get my needs met. Um, and if this church doesn't meet my needs, then I leave and go somewhere that does. And I think that's a that's a that's a gross misunderstanding of what of how Christians should think about being a part of a local church community is that I'm making covenant with these people. And, and, and sometimes living out covenant requires the hard work of difficult conversations when expectations are not met and working mm-hmm. towards solutions together and, you know, being willing to set some of my preferences on the shelf uh, in order to remain in covenant and journey with these people. Because at the end of the day, um, it's, it's not just what I'm taught from the pulpit or the kind of worship experience that I enjoy when the praise team is on stage. It's also, I'm, I'm being discipled through all those things, but I'm also growing as a disciple of Christ through the conflicts and through yep. the hurtful things. And, um, you know, the times when there are needs in the church and there aren't solutions that are just you know, right there in plain view for everybody to see. And I have to work and get in there and get my hands dirty in order to, to meet the needs of this covenant community, because, you know, spiritual gifts, Paul makes it clear are for the benefit of the whole, Mm -hmm. right? My mindset going into a local church should be that I'm here to contribute, um, as much, if not more so than I am gaining from being a part of this local church, because this is the, mm-hmm. this is the biblical truth is that, uh, you know, if you want to become great, if you want to, uh, you know, grow as a follower of Christ, we adopt the attitude of a servant. Um, we serve, we, we give, we, and, and in so doing the Lord adds to us. I mean, that's, right. that's just biblical. Yeah. So how... Uh, when when we've when we come to understand rightly, you know whether it's heresy or whether it's just convictional, not just a like a petty thing. When when it really is time to cut ties with the church, how do we do that? Do we go in guns blazing? <laughs> do we do we have behind the scenes conversations or or what have you? Uh, and I'll I'll start us off with a with a funny story of of the church that I left before Res, where we. Uh, I was still dating my wife at the time, so obviously you're not you're not communicating as much. And we had made the decision that yes, we're going to leave this church and uh, and look for another and and whatnot. And uh, and we had made that decision, but I hadn't told the pastor yet. And we got our signals crossed up, and Kristen thought that I had. <laughs> And she let it slip to his wife in a text that, yeah, we're out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got a call from the pastor and he was kind of hot, yeah. understandably so. And, uh, but I mean, we're good now. Like mm-hmm. we, we don't hate each other by any means. Uh, but that was, that was accidentally <laughs> the wrong way <laughs> to yeah, leave yeah. church. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't. You know, there wasn't any ill will uh, going on. It was just accidentally, ah, dang it, you know, signals got crossed, whatever. Uh, so when, when it comes time to leave a church, how do we do it? And, and I guess that would kind of depend on the situation, right? Sure. And I think, honestly, how long you've been there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, if you haven't cultivated relationships... 
I, I don't know. I mean, make sure they're not pulling from your bank account anymore, and and you know, see you, uh, see you later down the road. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the uh, I've I mean, really, like I, I don't count the church that I left when I graduated. I don't know. So, like, when I graduated high school, I left, quote, my home congregation. When went to college, when I left college, I, uh, I, I left my collegiate community con- congregation. None of those really felt like I was leaving for any particular reason. It was just like, this is the next step. Everyone already knew it was happening. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the only thing that I have here is anecdotal from others... And other experiences that that I've seen from the inside out, and like that is not how you want to do that. Very similar to to yours, where there was uh, uh, p- two people who were who were very involved in in a, in a, uh, a portion of the ministry, um, who were also very unhappy uh, for for uh, I'll, I'll say irrational uh, mm-hmm. reasons. They had made the decision to uh, uh, to to leave, and, and were actually amongst themselves, kind of planning a a big to do, a a kind of a private send off for themselves. Yeah, um, and it it leaked to the pastor, and then there was uh, some intentional deception. There's like, well, who told you that? I have no idea. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, don't do that. Um, you know. My childhood church that uh, that had the the toxic uh, uh, pastoral leadership. Um, my uh, my parents stuck it out for a long time. My dad was president of the congregation, head elder, you know, you name it, um, and he stuck it out for a long time. And uh, there there was a, a situation that I was not privy to, um, where. Uh, this pastor was so upset at my dad for something that that he chewed my father out. Man, if I would have been there, I'd have a felony on my record. Um, <laughs> and uh, he always wore a collar, too. It would have been so easy. Oh, gosh. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, turning, turning into an episode of Dexter over here. Um, but something occurred, and my dad, he chewed my dad out, just berated him, and my dad was like, all right, we're out. Conveniently, my mom and my parents have been happily married for flipping forever, um, always gone to the same, not necessarily the same physical church, but the same as far as them together. But my mom has never changed, had never changed her membership from her, the church of her childhood. Mm. So my dad was a member at... I'll just say it, Trinity, because uh, I, I don't think they're doing particularly well nowadays, and, and they're not listening to this show, that's, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, and that pastor's long gone. He's, I don't know, out west somewhere, uh, terrorizing other people. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so my, my dad left Trinity, and, and my, well, my parents left Trinity, and uh, it was super easy because mom was still a member at St. John in town. So they just whoop, went right over there. It was like dual citizenship. It was like, you know, hello, Canada. I'm back. You know, and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it's just that. It's like, you know, you just, you're done. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you've tried. Yeah, you know, in in situations like that, you you've tried, you've exerted uh, much more than your your fair share of of tolerance and patience, and and it's just time to, uh, in the words of for King and Country, burn the ships, and uh, <laughs> relevant. Yeah. That is that's relevant and timely. I would just say a couple of things about leaving well. Um, mm-hmm. If first of all, you need to you need to do this prayerfully. I mean, there needs to be right. a lot of prayer um, about is this a legitimate reason to consider leaving the church? Right. Um, lots of prayer about that. Um, lots of time searching the scriptures, um, and then I think there needs to be considerable effort to um, have conversation and attempt to resolve whatever that issue is with church leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if the leadership is willing and responsive to have those conversations, you need to have them uh, prior to leaving. And then uh, use discernment about whether or not this is resolvable. Um, yep. If it is resolvable, then be willing to get in and do, don't just go have those conversations uh, without a willingness to actually give it time and effort to resolve. Mm, uh, if yeah. there's not a willingness, then at that point, um, I think it's leave and let your thought be, I do not want to be an agent of division yeah. in leaving. Yeah. It is, I would even say in the case of this person that uh, is attending a, a church that's part of a denomination that has embraced LGBTQ, it is not your responsibility to try to tear that church down because they're heretical. Right. Um, God, or, or God will do that. Himself. That, that is God's responsibility and or the uh, God via people who are in positions of leadership and responsible for that. That's not yep. your job to try to blow that church up on your way out the door. Yeah, keep in mind Martin Luther didn't walk in off the street and just start nailing things. Like he 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 worked there. We'll we'll say that. You know, yeah. he worked yeah. at, for a, the yeah. Roman Catholic Church. And even and even you know, with even with the uh, the Diet of Worms when when they asked him if he recanted, his first response was can I sleep on it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It, it was, was and, and then he comes, yeah. he comes in with the, with the, I can do no mm-hmm. other, but it probably wasn't like him banging his fist on the table. Like, like he probably did with Zwingli. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but that was a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just think that you, you, you can do that well. Um, and you, you know, when you've got an issue where you're considering leaving a church, you got to be really, really careful about who you talk to about that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, if you, if you start trying to rally people on your side, you're becoming an agent of division. Right. And that's sinful. I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, we're, we're, we're called to contend for unity, not be agents of division. And so yeah. I think that that's not to say that there aren't people in your life that might pray with you and you bounce it off and say, Hey, am I thinking rightly about this? Mm-hmm. That, that's a different posture than can you believe thus and so? And you know, the, I, I, I can't stand yeah, you know, this. That that's really, that's the difference between, for instance, your situation of, uh, uh pastor Keith, mm-hmm. uh, moving forward in ministry to go plant the grove. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between that and then a, a, a band of rebels, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak. Right. Um, splitting the church in two. Exactly. Um, I I had lunch with a pastor um, 
just a couple of weeks ago who in the in the middle of covid and you know all the all the disruption that that's caused in every local church um he had one of his small group leaders i think that decided what they needed to do because the church wasn't meeting was rally some people because they they're one of these people apparently that are just like we don't care about covid we're not going to wear masks we're going to we're going to gather no matter what anybody else says and so while the church wasn't meeting they f- took it upon themselves to uh rally people to their house um and have meetings because the church wasn't meeting and now what they've decided is what they need to do is plant another church and oh that's boy. just that's just like <laughs> it's just wrong um uh, that you know if, if if god you know when the, the church in Antioch sent out Paul and Barnabas. There was a, a unity of prayer and worship and fasting that was taking place among the leadership that was remaining in Antioch and Paul and Barnabas who were about to be sent out uh, as missionaries. And so that that's what's happening here with, with Keith. Um, and I think that's a, that's a great way to leave a church. But right. you know, causing division and... And strife in the church is never, never right and never biblical, regardless of how, why you're leaving. Right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's just do one Inquisition question because we ran really long on this one today. Yeah, it was, good. It was, it it was a good topic too, something, something important. You know, I, I think it actually wraps up uh, a lot of the things we've been talking about in the, in the previous episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, almost, uh, almost a, a topical series, uh, so to speak. At the movies on the Westminster effects. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was going there. Let's go to the Inquisition. All right, and this is the Inquisition where we take questions from you, the listener, via weekly posts in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. Uh, we ran kind of long, so we're just going to do one question from brian morris as is tradition we did have some good questions but we only have really time for one and this is kind of a timely question he asks is the nfl going to collapse because of their newfound wokeness um and i think you could you could kind of expand that to all of the major professional sports um in in the u.s you know major league baseball nba nhl you particularly see this with the nba uh right now um and there was actually a survey that came out last week and a majority of of americans now see uh professional sports as a whole disfavorably for the first time ever Hmm. um and and i think a lot of that is could be attributed to the incessant i think is a good word uh social justice messaging that we're seeing from pro sports right Mm -hmm. um so so is that going to be such a turnoff that it's no longer profitable to be pro to have pro sports leagues you know, man, I I don't know. Like, I I don't follow the sports thing. Our, our right, listeners right. know that. Um, I I will say I'm super happy that the Big Ten is not playing football this season because Saturdays there's no traffic in Lincoln and I adore it. It's awesome. <laughs> um, so no big red. That's what I say. No big red. Um, 
but uh, as far as the the pro sports go, it's like I, you know, I don't know. Um, I I think that there the, the the amount of fanaticism that often follows these these uh, these teams and these programs um, can weather a good many things. I mean, think yeah. of all of the uh, um, of the sexual abuse scandals. Like, I mean, let's take this away from like professional like, team again. sports. And hold on, you said think about the and then. <laughs> Am I back? You there? Frozen. Yep. Okay. I've Your got audio you back is now. back. Yep. So I mean, think about uh, not just the uh, the professional team sports, but like uh, um, all of the scandals and uh, abuse allegations and and you know uh, drug scandals and and things like that. Oh yeah. I mean, let's let's take away from team sports. Um, go golf, right? John Daly. Uh, is a professional mm-hmm. golfer um, now on the a senior tour, I believe. Uh, the guy is like is is known to be uh, not personally to me, obviously, but is known to be a womanizer, an abuser of uh, of women, and an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I think he just got diagnosed with cancer too. He did. I I think so, but I on a. Which is which is unfortunate. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that the, the 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 I would wish that on on him or as punishment or or penance or anything, but uh, I saw him on a billboard advertising John Daly at with which with uh, I don't know VJ Singh and some other guy uh, at a at a golf event. I'm like nobody cares, and so I think in the moment where there's so much tumult in culture, it may appear. That uh, those things may uh, uh, may have a lasting effect, but honestly, I really don't think they do. Um, I mean, if the point of sports and being a fan of a sports team is because you want them to win, well, going back to Nebraska's beloved Huskers, they don't win, and it's still the most <laughs> widely followed college sports program in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least in the central United States. I mean, the 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 amount of people who travel for away games and so on and so forth. I mean, it's just per capita is is ridiculous. And if they don't care if they win, you know, they don't care if their coaches you know, verbally abuse their players. Looking at you, Bo Pelini. Um, <laughs> you know, they. I I just I just don't think that that this sort of uh, um of kerfuffle is 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 going to cause a lasting impact i i just don't see how it could i think it's interesting how um i don't i don't know how mushed together our entertainment has gotten with you know critical cultural issues right and and i you know i get i i I struggle with this because i get the notion that um if, if whatever level of influence i've been given i want to steward that well right um but that doesn't mean that, you know, and, and here to, to reference the Apostle Paul again, you know, he says we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us. Right. And I know that we're talking about athletes that many of whom are not Christians, not believers. Um, but I'm not called to every good work. Mm-hmm. I'm called to the good works that God has called me to do. There's so many things that I could do. Yep. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm called to meet every need or I'm called to speak to every issue 
Yeah. I need to steward the influence God's given me and speak to the things that he has called me to speak to. And that that's a that's a daunting notion in and of itself to discern the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I may not be called to speak against certain things that are going on in our culture or speak for certain things, endorse certain things. Um, I, that, that just may not be what I'm created by God in Christ Jesus to do. And I think athletes, you know, are really, especially in their youth, I mean, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds that suddenly get thrust into the spotlight and are put on this pedestal, mm-hmm. and and everybody's looking to them. And and to be honest with you, I have a I have a a level of appreciation for the kind of posture that athletes like Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods have taken on some of these things. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're entirely silent on social justice issues or political issues or you know things that are going on in culture but their comments and their efforts are very tempered right as compared to other athletes like LeBron James um, and, and others like that who just are, are perpetuating in in my mind not something that's helpful but something that is increasingly divisive right um, because sure. I, I you know and people may I don't know. They may want to horsewhip me for this, but I just don't think that LeBron James is equipped to be a um, a a leader in the social justice movement. I'm not speaking against the social justice movement necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm just sure. saying that I'm not sure that the NFL and pregame demonstrations and other things of that nature are the best way to go about it. I'm agreeing with you, John. I don't know that it's going to have yeah. lasting impact, and it might actually compromise the influence that they do have that they yep. perhaps could steward in a better way. Right. I, th- I think I've kind of landed in this place of, I don't, <clears throat> I don't mind them utilizing their platform at all. No. Kind of like what you were saying. Absolutely. It's, it's sports in and of themselves are kind of meant to be a distraction. Right. Well, and I, yeah, I was going to make that point too, but go yeah. ahead. So, so, and, and I've actually kind of felt this for years where, you know, you can't watch any of the world series games without some kind of cause being championed. And it's been that way Mm. for at least 10 years of, well, this childhood cancer or, and those are all good things. But when I sit down to watch a ball game, I don't want to (laughs) hear about all of the problems that I've already been thinking about all day. I want to watch sit down. You want to sit down for the love (laughs) of the game. You know, like you, you want, uh, you know, you want that, uh, that feeling of, of going going to a a minor league ballpark, having a brat, having a having a Bud Light, and just like not caring and enjoying. I'm not saying that you would actually have a Bud Light. It's just Yingling, man. Thing. If I'm gonna go mass produced, <laughs> nice. Um, but you know, I, I I I absolutely agree. You know, and you know, I. It, it really trickles down into into our other source of entertainment, you know. Even with uh, with movies and, and television, mm-hmm. I mean these these actors uh, with with no scientific or medical or so on and so forth background, mm-hmm. just because people know who they are, have taken a stance on on uh, uh, vaccinations, have taken a stance on climate change, have taken a stance on this and that. It's it's almost like every publicist that that works for these people is like, 
hey, here's a topic. You better say something because the world's looking to you. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. But no, the world's looking to you to make a you know ma- you know make a uh, you know make people laugh on Netflix. People people aren't looking for you to to cause change. I mean, if that's something you want to do, like uh, uh, Zac Efron, uh, for instance, did this. Uh, uh, this mini series on Netflix um, about uh, a little bit of climate change, but also just stewardship of the Earth in general. I believe it was called Down to Earth, and it was a fantastic program. Um, but uh, it, it was it was done in the format that we would expect a celebrity of mm-hmm. film and screen right. uh, to to do. Um, you know, and we're not saying that people should should squelch their their personal uh, feelings and and whatnot, and kneeling or what had you in the national anthem, what have you. We're not saying that you should remove all individuality, um, but uh, at the same time, I, I think it's it's a good idea to to steward your position and your influence in the direction and in the realm that it should be stewarded in. And I think people are going to end up seeing that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would just make one more comment. I'm, you know, your, to your point about distraction, you know, uh, historically speaking, you know, the Olympics uh, have been the place where the world comes together. I mean, countries that uh, have significant political tensions between them and, you know, maybe even on the brink of war. Yeah, would yeah. Will come together uh, every four years, and there's this this unifying effect that sport has mm-hmm. that I think would say to me when it, with regard to the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, all of that. I think there's a better way. Yeah, I think there's oh, a yeah. better way to to make statements and and protest certain things without it being so divisive. And I think to Brian's question, the divisive way that I think this is coming across in a lot of situations could, could threaten the viability of, you know, the NFL uh, mm-hmm. or NBA, whatever. Yeah. So I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, cause you already see the, the ratings for the NBA are kind of in the tank right now. So, yeah. uh, well, let's leave it there. We are way over time. My goodness. What? And you froze again. Anyway, so follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram because John froze up. So whatever. We didn't hear what he had to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave a review. Make sure it's five stars. Even if it's dishonest, just give us five stars. You can support the show at anchor.fm and help us improve. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.